Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Everybody's been down, hit the bottom, hit the ground. Ooh, you're not alone. Just take a breath, don't forget, hang on to his promises. He wants you to know, you're overcoming. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational and informational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guests will bring you important insights and information, helping you make better decisions through this process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, and give you hope. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm Christy Stratton, and I'm so glad you are here with us today. Whether you are considering divorce in the midst of it or coming out of it, this is the show you'll want to listen to each and every week. You know, divorce seems to affect everyone in some way. It can be an overwhelming life event, not only for the person going through it, but also for friends and family of those divorcing. We're here to walk the path with you, bringing you specialists who can help you make better decisions, provide you resources, and give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that frankly can bring out your worst. Today, we are talking about our search for meaning in the wake of divorce. You may have heard of a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Viktor Frankl. If you haven't, you might want to check it out. It is a life-changing read about suffering. And as the book recaps, how to cope with it, find meaning in it, and move forward, which is the heart of Frankel's logotherapy theory. While we aren't specifically talking about the book today, we will be talking about our personal search for meaning amid divorce. Scott Peacock is here with us today. And boy, we are in for some great insight from this multi-certified and licensed counselor, Scott is a licensed professional counselor as well as a licensed marriage and family therapist and holds a number of other licenses and certifications. We'll be talking about uh, this therapeutic approach uh, that Scott uses a combination of logotherapy, behavior therapy, and mindfulness training and how it can help us find our way through divorce. Scott, I am so glad you are here Welcome. Thanks. Great to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's great been to see you. <laughs> it's been a while. Little hint, hint, everyone out there. Scott and I went to high school together. James E. Taylor. James Katie E. Taylor. Texas. Yes. Not Katie Taylor. Not Katie no, Taylor. No, 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 no. So any of you folks listening from Kate, Katie, has, right? right? It's Taylor High School. James right. E. Taylor High School. So, you know, it's really cool to connect back after... <clears throat> just a few years, <laughs> right? <laughs> Since 1988. <laughs> and kind of see where we've, you know, all grown to and 
and what's going on in our lives. And oh my gosh, you've had a journey and we are here to talk about that, but also your practice and what you're doing to help people, not only through divorce, but you know, all the things that happen in life and, and certainly only since it's been a few years since high school, a few things have happened to us, right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we're talking divorce. Obviously, this is the Divorce Coaching Hour, and you're a licensed and marriage family therapist, mm-hmm. uh, but you do some other work that was really, you know, prompted me to reconnect with you, even though we see each other on Facebook and, mm-hmm. you know, like a thing, love a thing, whatever, 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 right? But I saw you post something about... Um, uh, this therapeutic approach that you have. And I don't even want to try to say it because I'll probably not say it properly. So tell us, what are you up to these days? Well, um, I left a career in IT after 20 years at age 40, laid off first time ever. And then about 10 years before that, I was seeking some counseling for some things I was going through. And I love going counseling so much I decided to go pro. So <laughs> that doesn't I, you don't hear that often. I love counseling so much first and then second I decided yeah, to go. It was pro. really great. It's very cathartic. So uh I went back and got a master's degree at Christian seminary called Houston Graduate School of Theology and just uh I did a year uh, working in a psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. and then I set up my own private practice. So um I'm doing doing a few things right now. One uh you know, we have divorce in our society, but how do we mitigate some of the factors that lead to it? And one of the ones I saw that was a major problem is uh, sex addiction. So yeah. I help and- people with pornography addiction, uh, sexual addiction and, and its flavors. And it's really causing a lot of problems. And, but but the thing is, is not so many people are admitting they have an issue. Right. You know, if somebody looks at porn once a month for a few minutes. It doesn't make them a sex addict. It's not effective in their relationship, but some people get to the point where they've done it so much that their brain gets rewired. Yeah. And from that, things just spiral out of control and it leads to uh, betrayal. It, it could lead to, uh, you know, further misbehavior out within the relationship. And, um, yeah, I just really had a heart for uh, helping people with that. So that's about 70% of my practice. And then I'm also getting into some coaching for uh, some a new concept I have called Mindful Meaning, okay. which uses some of the ideas that Viktor Frankl came up with about finding meaning in life. If we have a void, it's we have a vacuum there. Yeah. And Dr. Frankl said what rushes into that vacuum is depression, aggression, and addiction. And I've had great success using some of his concepts with my clients. And then also mindfulness uh, training or mindfulness practice. Um, corporate America is really getting into it out in Silicon Valley and it's spreading to other parts of the country. Um, it's a way of training your mind to be in the moment right. and not be anxious about the future or regretful about the past. We're here present right now. And the science is backing this up that it is helping us to rewire our brains. And I've had so many people come in and say either they've had an issue with sex addiction or they're the spouse has been traumatized by it. And trauma changes the wiring of our brain too. Well, you know, is this my fate forever? No. And it can feel that way, especially when you're going through the crises of divorce, right? And whether it's sex addiction or, you know, a, a chemical dependency, 
um, you know, anger, shopping, any of those things that lead yes. to the breakdown of the relationship. And then, you know, here comes the divorce because nobody knows how to get through it. And then, you know, I think you're blamed, you're shamed, you you feel guilty that all these things there we don't have. We're not trained in these things. And, you know, it's interesting that you're saying this, Scott, because. You know, my journey, too, has been um, in, in a way like that. I, I put myself into counseling when I was 18 in, mm-hmm. in college. And, you know, it's been a journey. And I really say, um, and I know we were talking about before the show, is until, you know, I went through um, a big crisis, which was one divorce, mm-hmm. and then two, losing both my parents in a span of five months, that I've really had a lot more clarity in my mind. But I have been practicing these mindful techniques. I was in transformational coaching, not me coaching mm-hmm. people, people coaching me. I've been digging in, going to counseling, reading books. You know, if you looked at my bookshelf, you would see all of these. And of course, I'm holding up you, you can't see it on the radio right it's now, really but you can dog-eared. see it on YouTube. It's very dog-eared <laughs> because I believe in it so much. And we're not taught that we can reframe our mind. And I love that you're saying that science is backing that up now with fMRI technology. We can mm-hmm. see where the brain lights up. And and so there's, you know, one of the things that this show is about is hope. And I think, you know, what would you say to someone, whether it's caused by a sex addiction, whether it's caused by something else, some breakdown, obviously, in a relationship, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're facing divorce. How can people find meaning, you know, amid divorce, in the middle of divorce right now, whether they're, you know, contemplating it, um, whether they're in the middle of it or coming out of it? What would you say to someone? Well, my clients that come in uh, are usually in crisis. So I and, and sometimes divorce is on the table. And I tell them, I say, look, you need to do your due diligence. You need to try to do everything within your power uh, that, that, that you have any control or influence over, uh, whether it's you know working on yourself or, or any other factor, uh, exhaust them all before divorce is the last option. And I can say that from a, a, a personal point of view because in my 20s, I was married twice. I married my uh, college sweetheart and at 23, and we were divorced at 26. There was an affair mm-hmm. on her part. And then um, I got swept up into a relationship uh, when I was 29 and um, knew that person nine months before I married her. And then we got divorced uh, nine months later. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm sitting at age 30 saying, I'm a two-time loser. <laughs> What am I going to do? Is anybody going to want to marry me? Am I not marriage material? What's wrong with me? Right. So I had to take a lot of stock in myself. And from that, one of the things I read in Dr. Frankel's book was suffering is no longer suffering when we can find some kind of meaning in it. Mm. Okay. And I believe as a Christian that I, I say God's the great recycler. And that's that's in Romans 8, 28. Yeah. <laughs> he uses all things for his purposes. Okay. This is really crazy. I just have to stop here and we're going to be coming up to a break, but I have chills right now. And I, I, we were talking about how I'm doing a cleanse right now and I always know something great is going to come out of it. And I I hear things. I kid you not. I was listening to the daily hope with Rick Warren driving into the studio today and he's talking about this same concept. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this whole same concept is everywhere. And what was the verse that he was having us memorize Romans 828 828 
this is when I know that you are exactly supposed to be here and that the listeners are, are so much more in for what I even thought it was going to be. Uh, so, you know, those are just those alignments in life where you know you're, you're meant, you're worried exactly where you are. And, and when we really step out, I think, you know, of that suffering, we can see maybe it looks like the, the doors are closed, the life mm-hmm. is bleak, the, the, the darkness is there, but when we step outside and maybe see a different perspective, like you're saying, look at everything, try everything. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this, this, uh, suffering, um, that we go through. We're going to be talking more about Victor, as you said, Frankel, Frankel, I said, Frankel, I guess I do have a little bit of a Texas accent. Not much, I, but. <laughs> I've lived here almost all my life too, 40 something years. So. That's all right. Victor, but we're going to be talking about man's search for meaning, our search for meaning amidst divorce and crises, and what we can do to to work through that. Tips, tools, thoughts, ideas. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to find out how we get in touch with Scott. So you guys stay tuned. Lots of important information. And now with this realization that there is just no doubt Scott's meant to be here today. You guys are in for an amazing show Stay with us. In the mirror, all I see is who I don't want to be. Remind me who I am. In the loneliest places. There's a lot at stake in a divorce, and you want trusted and specialized counsel. Houston attorney Craig Haston is board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and has more than 25 years of legal experience. And experience is everything. Craig will help you make the best choices for your family and your future. When divorce seems to be your next step, contact one of the most recognized attorneys in Texas, Craig Haston. To schedule a consultation, call 281-890-1300 or go to HastonLaw.com. Meet the classiest guys in real estate. It's Chris Kelso, the maestro of mortgage, and Rob Cook, the godfather of real estate. And together, they are the Real Estate Rat Pack. If you're buying or selling real estate in the greater Houston area, the Rat Pack is the preeminent source for everything you need to know. Listen to the Real Estate Rat Pack, Saturdays at 9 a.m., right here on KKHT. When you're selling your home, you want to wow people when they see it. Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and simpleelegancetx.com. A divorce can change your whole world, including your financial picture. The more you know and the better you understand your options, the more likely you are to make sound financial decisions. Learn how to build a solid financial strategy today that may help you provide greater security and flexibility in the future. Morgan Stanley Financial Advisor Gary Wolf can help. Contact Gary Wolf today at 281-362-4706 to get started. That's 281-362-4706. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, Morgan Stanley, its affiliates, and Morgan Stanley Financial Advisors do not provide legal advice. Clients should consult their attorney for legal matters. Open up a honey, it's your lover boy, me that's knocking. 
Why don't you listen to me, sugar, all the cats are at the high school rockin'? Honey, get your boppin' shoes, for the jukebox blow the fuse. Hey, everybody hoppin', everybody's boppin', boppin' at the high school hop. I'm going to like have to get up and do like the sock hop or something right here because <laughs> Mike, our producer, found a particular song special for you and I, Scott, <laughs> because we said high school. We went to school a little bit after that music genre. <laughs> yeah. Love Jerry Lee Lewis. But, uh... but that was good. That was that was really good. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, I really want to kind of do some like, you know, I don't even know the dance Moves oh, I, I would have no idea. <laughs> I, have I feel to call like my I need parents. to go get a hula hoop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? A little bit of fun. Like I say, we always have some fun on this show. And you know what? I have to come back, and we were talking about this on break. We've got Scott Peacock here. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist, um, professional counselor here in the Houston area. And um, Scott and I went to high school together. That's where the whole high school song thing comes in. And it's just interesting that we reconnected and kind of we're coming back into getting to know one another and and the and where we've been in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am as a divorce coach and here Scott is as a um, someone working with people amidst crisis. But we, we, the first segment, I, I had a moment um, and uh, and it was around this Romans 828 the God as the great recycler, and I couldn't believe it. Now, now I'm actually really realizing that Scott sent me some things in, in an email yesterday, but I didn't remember it. It just happened to show up on the radio today, too. So we need to be talking about this Romans 8:28. God is the great recycler. So tell us about that and, and how, how you see that as the great recycler, Scott. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, before, <laughs> um, before the break, I was... Um, <clears throat> grab some water before the break you were talking about romans eight twenty eight as the right. god is the great recycler sorry now not now i can breathe okay. yeah good we don't want you, we don't want you you know you right. just come here after all these years of high school and i drop school, all this wisdom drop. on you and then i i can't talk okay i'm back all right uh so making meaning from suffering yes we suffer in this world um now there's a difference between suffering and pain suffering is when we haven't accepted that something's happened. Now, uh, you said both your parents died in short order. And uh, I'm sure it took you a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, to yeah. get past that. My, yeah. my father passed away uh, about this time uh, two years ago, and yeah. it took a while. Uh, but we talk about in psychology the... Um, uh, the, the the phases of uh, recovering from a... Right, from a grief. From, from a grief, yeah, yes. Grief. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Yes, absolutely. And so there's uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. Well, acceptance is very important in our world, and it gets a bad rap. <clears throat> it does. We it have does. to come to accept that some things have happened. Like I had my first divorce, I had to accept that she left and left me for someone else. Right. So... Uh, it took me about a year, and I felt like a nuclear bomb had been dropped on me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to the point where I'd accepted that it, it it was over, then I could begin to heal. Mm-hmm. So then we can make meaning from our suffering. Well, what can we do about it? I, I still say, you know, although that divorce happened in 1996, that I... Uh, 
every day when I go help couples try to salvage their marriages, You're still making meaning of it. I'm making meaning yep. out of that pain. Right. That was one part of my narrative that um, I still do today. I rarely think about it because I'm married to a wonderful woman now for yeah, 17 years and two great kids. But something came out of it. And I, that's where I believe God comes in, Romans eight twenty eight. He, If we allow him in, if we will come to that point of acceptance about something's happened, we don't have to endorse it, we don't have to like it, but okay, I'm going to let you in, God, and let you care for me, then sanctifying work can begin on the healing. So, and then from there... How do we make meaning come out of a difficult situation like divorce? So I have some questions that are coming up and, and you know, interesting. Um, it, it's touching. You know, we all have our own personal stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, for for me, my personal story is the same thing. Now, it's been 12 years since the divorce was final. And, you know, there there are times when I'm even kind of so-called, you know, I'm the punching bag. I'm punching myself up. Like, why are uh, there still some things there, even as much as, you know, a week ago, within the last week, a dream? You know, and I think it, it was a conversation I was having with a best friend of mine and having gone through divorce herself, you know, was that we there may still be kind of, um, I, I'm going to call it like, I wrote in my journal haunting me, but, but, you know, those, those memories, those feelings, you know, a lot of times we talk about forgiveness, uh, but we forgive, but we don't forget. Like, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to forget that I got divorced. I, 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 you know, I wish I could wipe it away, but I'm not going to. Right. And there's some emotions that still come up with it, but then we realize that, that, we two people as married people in, in, in that particular marriage weren't meant to be. And, and for me accepted that, um, you know, that person probably just can't be the person I want him to be. And I can't be the person he wanted me to be. And so it's better that we, we are apart. And so if we stay still stuck in the idea that we still want what we created in our head, then we, we stay suffering. But I love what you're saying. Once we get to the acceptance that it's kind of like, okay, this is it. And we're moving on. We're going to create meaning out of it. And Mm -hmm. when you kind of look for me, at least you look back at it all, I'm sitting here right here, right now talking to you about God, the great recycler, Romans 8, 28 from a friend from with a friend from high school who's remade and recycled his life and how many people out there are hearing this right now who feel stuck themselves, right? Exactly. So I, I'm really tracking with you there, and, and, and I hope that gives the listeners a sense of hope. What I wonder about, though, I'm, I feel so blessed that I have my faith, faith in Christ. And quite honestly speaking, more of making meaning, I found my true faith when I was dating my now ex-husband. We broke up for a while. I thought that my life was over. We ended up getting back together and obviously getting married. But in that time, I remember that was April of 2000 before we got married. And I remember sitting in a room, putting my Bible down, my hand on it, looking up and going, okay, I'm done. I'm broken. I'm done. It's yours from here on out. And my life for now 19 years has been reshaped because of that. But what if you don't have a faith or a belief in a higher power, you know, in Romans 8, 28, in that great recycler? Where do you go then, Scott? Well, 
you know, uh, in addiction counseling, we kind of deal with this because, you know, usually we send people to support groups and then uh, 12 steps. Then they hear the word higher power. I don't believe in that. And so I try to meet people where they're at Mm -hmm. and understand that some people have had what I call a bad religion experience or they were raised in a home uh, where they were given a worldview that was much different than ours. Um, But I, my hope for them is that they will be around people who are positive and uh, Christians as well, uh, that uh, seeds will get planted. You know, we, we see in the Bible repeatedly um, uh, stories about seeds, the mustard seed and, yeah, and things absolutely. of that nature. So, um, you know, the person who doesn't have faith and is going through that, um, I'll say after my first divorce, I, I was kind of shaken in mine. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, when I went to college, um, you know, I kind of moved away or, or, or just didn't tend that part yep. of, mm-hmm. of yeah, my life. Um, but meeting people where they're at. And then I hope that person out there who doesn't have that will, will, will get around people who are positive and can show them that uh, there is meaning, there is life beyond a divorce. Um, and I, I, just, I just hope those seeds get planted. Well, you know, speaking of those seeds, and it draws me back to Man's Search for Meaning and Viktor Frankl, he was in a concentration camp right. in Auschwitz. And, and and so I'm going to assume that, you know, he, he I don't know, I haven't read the background, and maybe you know um, his religious mm. bend, but I'm going going to probably think he believed in God, but maybe not Jesus. So, um, and, and so he spoke of a great amount. I mean, it's, it's all optimism in here. And, and so whether they have a particular face, a religiosity, so to speak, I think we can still find that optimism. Would that be true? Oh, absolutely. And, um, so Victor Frankl, uh, he was a student of Sigmund Freud okay. and uh, and Adler as well, and he had a break with them. But uh, he was put in a concentration camp in 1943. His wife was as well. His wife survived the war, but then after liberation, died of typhus. Oh, okay. So she made it and then died. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine a, a worse. And she, but she was carrying their child at the time, right? Yes. Um, no, this was before they went into the camp. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And okay. he was faced with um, the choice of if she was pregnant, the Nazis would have killed her immediately. Uh, and so uh, Frankl and his wife were both Jewish, and they were both religious people. It tore them apart, but they ended up having an abortion. Okay. Save the mother's life in this case. So, um, and then, you know, she dies right after liberation i mean what cruel fate is that yeah right so um but through that all he said that our attitude is the one thing that cannot be taken yeah. from us right. it's our one true freedom as human beings to choose your own way the nazis could break his body they could break his spirit they could murder his family but he chose a different way and that's very much a shining example for for many of us. I, I go to James one twenty seven, which is uh, it's one of my life verses. True religion is helping orphan and wi- orphans and widows, and not allowing ourselves to become polluted by the world. I take polluted by the world not just to be behavior, but our attitude, mm. because this world today can really bring us down. If we do, and that, and so we have to make our choices. And one of my hashtags is we were talking about that before is choice, not chance, and. I, I, it might sound light, right? But 
we do have a choice, and that's the one thing I, I, I hope that listeners um, listening in today are going to hear that they have a choice with thinking how they're thinking about it. When we come back from break, we're going to find out how you reach Scott. We got to definitely know about that. We're going to find out more about your search for meaning amid divorce and how we can choose those thoughts to really kind of see a different perspective, create a new life and that recycle, find, find a new world after, you know, in the middle of divorce, coming out of divorce. So you guys stay tuned. You want to find out how you can reach Scott and we'll be right back. Here's today's two minute tip. Today's tips will help you finish the year strong. Our goal is to help you move forward from divorce. We want the best for you, and that requires choices and action, no matter when you divorced. Let's look at this year. It's been eight months since the turn of the year, and when you may have said to yourself, this year is going to be better. Is it better? If it is, that's fantastic. That means you are doing what you need to do to make this year better. If it's not better, don't fret. You still have time to make this year better. But wait for it. We better get to the work of making it better. And here's how. First, take a truthful inventory of your business, of your life, and of you. What's working? What's not? Grab a good old pen and a piece of paper and put a line down the middle of that page. And on the left, list what's working. On the right, list what's not. Be honest with yourself and list everything you can think of. Next, decide. Decide what you want to improve. Take the list you wrote in the first step and take a look at it. Certain aspects of your life screaming for improvement will virtually jump out at you. Identify the top three items you want to change. Now, get three note cards and write those three items that you want to improve on those note cards. Write down what changes you are willing to do to make the improvements and make sure you are specific about your actions as well as the dates you will accomplish each step. Then put the cards where you will see them daily and often put them anywhere you look frequently. You don't have to read each word each day. Just writing them down is a critical step, but you'll still have to take action on each step and they will be ever present to remind you of what you have chosen to do. Use this process often. Each year is good. Every six months is better and better is what we want. Listen each week for another two-minute tip, all to support you or someone you know who is facing or going through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. You can find us at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call us at 281-944-8043. And make sure to add the Divorce Coaching Hour to your podcast library. And follow us on Facebook at the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton. I gotta, you know, don't don't listen to me sing, but you know, <laughs> people are like, Christy, you're breaking my ears. I thought that was a fun song. Right? It just gives a little liveliness. So we are here talking with Scott Heacock, a licensed family, uh, marriage and family therapist. And um, Scott works with really the meaning, meaningfulness, finding meaning amidst crisis, whether that be divorce, addiction, a number of things, uh, life, life, right? Yeah, life, yeah. hello. Just, sometimes it just, you see know, people are just plain struggling. <laughs> nobody ever said it was going to be easy and no. whoever did was lying. Yes, exactly. Right? I mean, we, we want it to be easy, but here's a way though we can look at that suffering, that time, those times that are not easy that, you know, uh, can really help us look at it in a different way and, 
and that there there is something that's good that's going to be out of it. And I say this often to my clients is, what, what is happening for you right now versus mm-hmm. what is happening to you, right? right? If we begin to switch that. But you have something else that you talk about, and it's the number 42. I want to know all about <laughs> this number 42 okay. and the meaning of life. I, I right. kind of almost feel like that we're going into, like, what, what's that movie, the British movie that's the meaning uh, of oh, life? Oh, Monty Python's the Monty meaning Python. of life. Monty <laughs> Python. Are we talking Monty Python here? No, but close. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so have you ever read or s- the book or seen the movie, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, but I'm going to have to you, now. Let me yeah. put it another book on my to-do yes. list. Or just watch the movie. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's oh, fairly faithful. Okay, yeah, good. it came out a few years ago. Okay. So um, it, one of the storylines in the book and the movie is, uh, so it's a science fiction, sort of wacky Monty Python type humor. Love it. Uh, Love D- it. Douglas Adams was used to write some with Monty Python back in the 60s and 70s, okay. the author. So <clears throat> he tells a story on a distant planet. The inhabitants decide they want to know the meaning of life. Okay. So they build this massive computer to figure out what the meaning is. And then they spend a long time gathering all the data in the galaxy, any possible piece of information. They feed it to the computer and the computer says, come back in a number of years and I'll have the answer. So fast forward. It's the day the answer to the meaning of life. Oh, da, 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 da. Right. And there's a <laughs> parades, parties, everything. Drum roll. And drum roll. And then the computer spits out the answer. It's 42. Okay. So then they say, huh, I guess we need to create a computer to figure out the question. (laughs) And what's really cool in the book, and this kind of dovetails into our meaning thing and how we can apply it personally, is the computer they came up with was the planet Earth. Wow. So in this bit of fiction, it's saying something there that we have meaning constantly coming at us. Uh Uh-huh. If you go to the grocery store and smile and say hello to the, the, the checker, that may be the only nice thing that happened to that person all day. Right. That's a meaningful moment. That was a connection. That was an experience. Right. Okay? So it's like it's falling out of the sky. Right. We can make meaning and we can allow God to use us to make meaning. But we can make meaning bad or good. There's some people that might think you're smirking at them at their grocery store, but it's in how we look at it, right? Right. It's how we process it and how we interpret it. And uh, so judgment, uh, which is something we work on in mindfulness training, is developing a non-judgmental stance. We do discern, uh, hold fast and test what is test what is. I'm, I'm just butchering that verse. That's okay. Well, those are a you lot of I'm big words. Discern. Discern. So, and you know, that's interesting. Discernment. When I was going through, uh, I went through six years of being coached, transformational coaching when I was still mm-hmm. in Las Vegas and when I came back to Texas. Uh, and it really opened my mind to really that discernment too. And it's still a word that I, I, I mean, it's kind of a little bit out there. It's a little reach mm-hmm. for me. I'm still growing and, and, and learning. You know, it's interesting you say, this number 42, when my dad was alive, he always said that the light bulb would turn on when I turned 40. Mm. Well, um, give well, or take a year. <laughs> I know, right? I'm about to, I'm about to say, well, um, I'm just a little over 40, believe it or not. Uh, and in that I lost them at about 41 and I was like, wait a second, where's this light switch turning on? Right. And I think it began to really turn on after I lost them, which now discernment seems to be coming into. I think that's maybe where the choice, not chance comes into play. So am I tracking mm-hmm. with you? Am I getting yeah. that with the mindfulness? Absolutely. Okay. So um, we can we can 
judge that situation in two ways. Either it's a smirk or it's a smile. Like, like uh, I'm, I'm reaching out to you and saying hello, and I hope you have a nice day, non-verbally. Um, but God told us to get out of the judgment business, mm-hmm. Matthew 7, 1. Right. Now, but he didn't say, you know, okay, now we have anarchy. There are boundaries. So a combination of boundaries and discernment and then a willingness to uh, connect with, you know, the other who we wouldn't normally connect with right. when we're presented with the opportunity is something that's demanded from us, from God and from life. And Frankel talked about that in his book, the demand quality of life. What is life demanding from us now? It demanded a certain set of things when your parents passed away. It demanded a certain set of things when you were going through your divorce. And and that's resp- ultimately yeah. I was reading through it and brushing up on my Victor Frankel. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can hit it. But um, is uh, I really thought about that. It, it demanded of me responsibility. Mm-hmm. It demanded of me, we talked about this earlier, me growing up, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when when they go uh, through a crisis, they lose their both their parents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're, that's the first time that you're really ever, I mean, you're still a child, but you you don't have that, you still can't, you can't run to mom and dad There's no anymore. backstop now. There's no, no, it's like, you're out there. I, I need your guidance, I need your wisdom. Yeah, it's not the there, and so changed. where do you, where do you go? Do you go to... Things that are going to not help you. So again, that demand. I right. think I'm hearing. Do you go? Do you fall back into the things which is easy to do, right? That mm-hmm. are instant gratification, what have you, addictions, things like that. Or do you choose to move forward? And it's interesting in divorce. I hear a lot with clients. You know, how do I move forward? How do I see a different perspective? One of the things I'm just wondering is I talk to a lot of clients about the RAS, the reticular activating syndrome. Mm-hmm. And that they they can they can choose to see a thing if they look for it. Right. Are we talking about the same thing there in a way? Right, and I, I think our circumstances govern what we're seeing in a particular situation. Absolutely. I look back now on on you know all the troubles in my life, and uh, in that moment, I, I was in the posture of suffering. And as I've moved through that and out of that with God's help, then. Now I have a lot more clarity, and I think that comes back to God using all situations for sanctification. Right. Uh, our marriages, marriage is sanctifying work. Uh, having to go through a divorce, you know, we don't want that to happen, but it, if it did, we accept it, and then we can allow him to use that and to give us new clarity. I, I like to say that God recycles our you know, negative experiences if we let him. Uh, into wisdom. That's what the recycling is. And um, if we remember, Solomon asked God for one thing, wisdom. Wisdom. And then God said, bingo, you're going to have all the other derivative things too. You get it all. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to say, you know, like prosperity gospel or anything. But what I'm saying is, is that from wisdom, uh, granted from God. And, but let's yeah. let's face it here. Wisdom in the midst of divorce, we're in our emotional brain often and we can't mm-hmm. see the so-called forest for the trees. Right? right. And and wisdom is not something we're thinking about. I want this pain to stop. We're thinking right moment now. to moment. moment to moment. So what can we do to get ourselves out? Like I know over time I figured out I know that one, I I I 
I take care, self-care. self-care. I take care of myself, exactly. which the world doesn't say is a great thing to do. Mm. Um, but that means getting the right sleep, getting the right food, resting, getting the help that we need. For me, I know that means getting out on the trails and running. Um, uh, I didn't know that then. Uh, but you know that came about, and it really was kind of my saving grace through through especially my parents' divorce, uh, not divorce, they divorced their deaths. Um, but you know, listening to per- particular music, I mean, I I sat my rear in front of my counselor every single morning the week that we split up. I couldn't function, and but I knew that I couldn't function. Mm-hmm. Um, I put myself on the treadmill. I, you know, called friends. But there are people out there that don't have never stepped into this. They're totally blindsided by a divorce, mm-hmm. or they're kind of so-called. Um, they're carrying this guilt and shame from it. What would you tell them? What's a good first step, Scott, that they could do to help kind of begin to see the light? Use this phrase: "Put your mask on first. You know, if you've flown in an airplane. The uh, safety briefing says, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. you know, in, in the event of a cavity depressurization, a uh, mask will come down. Now, let's let's imagine for a moment you have a toddler next to you and uh, an el- elderly person. Right. Well, what, what are most of us going to do? Uh, my first gut instinct is to help, on the help you know, James 127, help, help those people that can't help themselves. Right. The thing is, you put your mask on first. And then you're still able to help them. them. Right. And that means that they may pass out a little bit, but they'll come back to when the oxygen's on. Right. So you're um, not good to anyone, right. your kids, the rest of your family, your work. If, if you just stay, you don't put the oxygen and self-care on. Self-care doesn't mean going hog wild, drinking heavily, partying, doing whatever. Going it's to not, the spa, spending a ton of money, exactly. all that it means. It, it means uh, a time of retreat, uh, a time of reflection, and then coming up with a new vision for your life or praying for God's guidance, more importantly, on what the vision for your life has been. Because with my first divorce, I said, this isn't working. You, you know, tell me what your will is. Right. And then with the second one, I said, this isn't working again now. Um on your timing, put the right woman in my way. Right. And she came along. And let me get out of she, the way, right? right? She came along <laughs> and she's been here ever since. Going well, strong. And that's, see, and there, there's a, there is hope and we don't often see that. But, you know, people want this hope and obviously we can't cover it all on, you know, one hour in a show. I know that they'll want to reach out to you, Scott. How do people reach you if they want to learn more about your practice and how possibly you could help them? Sure. Um, phone number is 713-533-8906. Uh, my email is scott at scott. So let's P- go back real quick. We're going to we're gonna slow down on slow that phone down, number. Sorry. Go back and say that phone number real 713-533-8906. Okay. Uh, email is scott two T's. Scott at scottpeacock.com. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. And my website is scottpeacock.com. So you guys go to scottpeacock.com. You got the phone number. You got the email. Reach out to Scott. He's got, he's got wisdom. Right. (laughs) Well, I've had a lot of stuff to allow God to recycle. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You've gone through that suffering. You guys come on back and hear final thoughts with Scott Peacock.
Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is meant to come alongside those considering divorce in the midst of it, coming out of it, and maybe even help save some marriages. Many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives, whether they are going through divorce or they know someone who is or has. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. There are many professionals involved in the divorce process who want the very best outcome for those involved. These professionals include attorneys, financial analysts, mental health professionals, and those in the helping professions. Real estate agents, title companies, churches, and those are only a few. For those touched by divorce, these professionals play a critical role in the outcome. And those going through this process need to know about them. Another goal of this show is to provide resources to listeners, including informing them about the professionals who can help. If you'd like to let our listeners know about your company and services, please contact us. We have corporate sponsor opportunities available. Call 281-944-8043 for more information. That's 281-944-8043. We want to help our listeners know about you and your business. Call us today to apply as there are some requirements. Call 281-944-8043. And we are back with Scott Peacock, and we are going to head into some final thoughts in just a little bit. But I have a big question that's been circling in this noggin of mine, and it is about Victor Frankl. I said it right this time, right? right? Yes. Very good. Gold star. <laughs> and logotherapy, logotherapy. Right. And what exactly is that therapeutic approach that he brings to us? Right. So... As psychology began, Sigmund Freud would say everything is about the will to pleasure. We right. are driven by uh, the need for sex, food, uh, to be satiated. Right. Um, that That's just everything that drives us. Uh, the next wave was Alfred Adler, who right. said will to power. He was a student of Freud's also. Now, Frankel was the other one in this triangle, and he said, you're both wrong. And that's what made uh-huh. them That's what mad. made the separation. The separation. <laughs> what he said was... We have a will to meaning. We are pursuing meaning in our lives. However, as you pursue your meaning, pleasure is a byproduct, so Freud, and we okay. exert power. Okay. Doing that makes something sense. intentional to seek our meaning. Okay. So, how do we do that? Creativity, experience, attitude, being willing versus being willful. I, I refuse to uh, forgive. I refuse to do that versus, okay, I'm open. Which, right. you know, that takes time, obviously. It does, it does. But the one I haven't really talked about yet is creativity. Building something. It could be as simple as a painting, uh, painting your kitchen, building a company, building a new relationship, building a new life after divorce. Mm. And from that, we gain connection. Okay. Connection is very spiritual. It is the heart of spirituality. It really is. Um, yeah. You know, when I, I talk about spiritual formation with people, I said, we're trying to connect connect with um, you know people here in the world, around us, community, greater world, friends, family, and if you choose, the divine. Right. So religion is one expression of, of spirituality. There's many expressions of it. Uh, for many of us, it's very important. But um, you know, if somebody's not there, that's okay. Right. And it's so important. I, I felt so alone after my first divorce. I didn't have any friends, really. I mean, I had a close 
circle of two or three, my circle of trust, I call it. And them. you can feel so alone going oh, through yes. I mean, the whole family gets split. People take sides. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I mean, even you can have, uh, you know, their family take your side. Right. And, and it, it, it just gets right. so complicated. And then you bring in kids and you, and, and, and oddly enough, we've, we've covered much of this already in the, you know, the, the episodes previous to this. We've even covered pets, like the separate, believe it or not, right. what happens in the separation pets. So it really, I mean, you, you lose your family, you lose friends, you lose your pet. And it can really mm-hmm. be a tough place to be. But it, and I say this often, I feel like I'm a broken record, but it doesn't have to be right. because you can find that connection. I think one of the connections that's got, it was really kind of coming back in the work that I did after divorce too. And, and maybe I'm just kind of coming to a little bit of wisdom now of knowing what <laughs> happened to me. But I had lost the connection even with me. Yes. Who I was. And I think a lot of people out there, they're like, I've been this wife for these 30 years, or I've been this husband, or I've been this dad, or I've been this whatever, and now what am I? Right. Uh, Your roles are going to shift, and like I say, it's a seismic shift. It is. It's, I was, I I just, you know, and if a spouse stays home for years raising children and then the marriage. What are you going to do next? Yeah. The marriage dissolves. Then what? Right. Um, That's a whole other uh, set of questions. So that is, and, and to, you know, kind of begin to head towards final thoughts and lifting up our listeners, knowing that there is a different way, a different way to look at this. What would you say when they're in that lonely place how do they begin to find that connection that you're talking about that victor frankel talks about you know the attitude the experience the connection we can choose a different way to to have meaning from the suffering how can they make that connection happen realizing that you can choose your own way you may not have asked to be divorced no the first time no. i didn't ask to be divorced. i didn't ask to be divorced right yeah. um so I had to realize that I do have that freedom. There, there's four things in life that all of us deal with. It's not just death and taxes. Okay, five things. Well, okay, we got taxes out of the way. Uh, <laughs> Put that over there. Right. It's going to happen. Ain't going well. I don't right. know. That's another show. Okay. <laughs> Questions about death, freedom, isolation, and meaninglessness. Yeah. So death. Yeah, we're all going to die. Uh, the, yeah. the death rate is one per person. <laughs> You're not getting out of this life alive. That's it, right. Right? Freedom. Are we free to choose our circumstances? Um, You know, or are we bound in some situation where we don't have freedom? Well, even when we don't live in maybe a society like we do where we can choose, we can still choose our thoughts. Victor Frankl did. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he was in the worst possible condition on earth. Absolutely. And he still, in, in a way, he was free. Yeah. And um, so, and then isolation, are we alone? Do we choose to be alone or are we forced to be alone at this point in our lives? When this something happens seismically like this, a lot of times we find ourselves alone, not by choice. So we have to have the willingness to say, I'm going to go out, I'm going to reconnect, I'm going to build new relationships. And we can do that by getting outside of ourselves. We hyper-focus inward uh, when we're going through a crisis situation. We tend to because we're self-protecting. Right, and, exactly. You know, I'm thinking about last uh, last show we had um, Pastor Patrick Kelly from the West End and River Point Churches on, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the importance of a church family, but some people may not have that. So I'm thinking, you know, even getting them getting out and getting in, like I did, a, a counselor's chair, 
Like right. that's the first sign of connection. And I had to go every single morning. So I want to, as we're beginning to come into the close of the show, I know we're talking about that fourth element real quick, but I want to get how the listeners contact you because if they do want to put themselves in your chair in front of you, how do they reach you again? And say that phone number for me twice and slowly. Slowly. <laughs> okay. 713-533-8906. 713-533-8906. My email is scott at scottpeacock.com, just like the bird, Peacock. Yeah, there you go. And, and uh, my website is scottpeacock.com. And and that's the first, that can be the first step of connection, a safe place, an accepting place, that non-judgmental place. Right. And then prepare you to go get outside of yourself, get involved in community, in church, right. if you go to church, um, other things that... Um, you know, help other people Yeah, de-reflect from yourself. And it's always a great that we talked about that in the last show too, is, you know, when you're in that place, go help others. Right. And what's that fourth thing that we're talking about too? Oh, talked uh, about death, taxes, death, done, freedom, death, death, freedom, isolation, and then meaninglessness. Okay. There's so many and people a great in this point world to, to end on here. Yeah, feel that. Why am I here? Right. Well, go on that quest and figure out what mm. you're calling your purpose, your mission, your meaning is. I love that, Scott. Go on that quest. I think the listeners need to hear that more. Is you're in again, how is this what why why is this happening for me? Right. Versus I love that. to me, right? Mm-hmm. So if we begin to look at that, even in the good and the bad, what can be good coming out of it? Even in the the depths of the depth of the pain of divorce and, and everything that comes with it. What's happen? Why is this happening for me and what can come out of it? I think you and a, I are testaments. Yeah. I think that's an right essential here. question to have answered to move from suffering to just pain and we yeah. can deal with pain. Yeah. And let us be, I mean, we probably didn't think back then. I mean, I want to, I can remember days when I got home and I slid down like the door and just sat there and, you know, just cried. Right. You know, and I went to the counselor and one of my counselors said, you know, just if all you can do is write what you're grateful for every single night, write five things down that you're grateful for in the evening and five things for that you're grateful for in the morning. And there are days that I was like, the sun is shining and I love my Pasha, which was my, my wonderful puppy Pasha. Right. That's what we got to find those things that we are happy well, uh, that help us be grateful. I have found that. Gratitude is the royal highway to meaning. Uh, Freud said, you talked about dreams earlier, that um, you know dreams are the royal highway to the subconscious. Well, I think gratitude is the royal highway to meaning. And there you have it. So we're talking about the search for meaning amid divorce. And say that again, gratitude. Gratitude is the royal highway to meaning. And so, you know, my friends out there listening, I think that's probably what Scott and I really want you to walk away with is to find gratitude for something small, whether it be a beautiful flower, whether it be the way the sun is hitting, you know, something in your room, the smile of your children, the moments of what that you can find that are beautiful. Because one of my goals as a divorce coach is to help people with their thinking about divorce. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how you're thinking about what's going on for you. And and so I can cont- really encourage you to listen each week when you are in this situation considering divorce coming out of it or in the midst of it. You know, my guests like Scott, we're here to talk with you about that and bring you insight and information 
We want the best for you. We want hope. And so, Scott, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's <laughs> yeah. been great. You'll have to be back soon. Thanks I'd for listening to. today. It's my prayer that this hope show helps you or someone in your life. Find us at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. Thanks for listening today. I'm Christy Stratton, and I can't wait to be with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word. The Word.